Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about the armor elemental affinities, and a lot of people aren't happy about them. I wanted to weigh in. I wanted to wait a while before weighing in on them. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you could probably catch me live right now at saynotorage.com. I'm probably live on Twitch. Come on in. Saynotorage.com will bring you right to my Twitch channel. And, you know, talking about armor affinities is a little difficult because we, we couldn't see, I don't think, the forest for the trees initially. We were initially like, like, oh, it's going to be terrible. I was one of the people that are like, it's probably not going to be that bad. I'm kind of in a, in a, in a weird spot because I, I do want to argue for its necessity. I don't think we want to jettison elemental affinity. Like, that's not what this video is going to be about. If you're like looking for a video for somebody being like, get rid of it. That's not what I'm going to argue for in this video. But I do think it's, it's, a, it's a pain point that needs to be mitigated in some way. So we're going to start by saying that it does feel needed. I do think at its core, these limitations are needed within the Armor 2.0 system. And then, second, I want to talk about fine-tuning. And the reason I want to talk about fine-tuning is we touched on this on the Rageous Roundtable last night. For the first time in the, in the history of Destiny, I am fine-tuning my builds, I'm I'm trying to min-max, I'm trying to come up with the absolute strongest, and a lot of the content is pushing me to do And lastly, we're going to talk about suggestions. I do think there needs to be some changes, but I want to be careful. And, and here's why. I never want to start suggesting things where we completely decimate or dismantle an entire system that Bungie has created, an entire, you know, structure to how we engage with something. If it's just because, oh, we kind of don't like it. We want to be careful. A lot of work probably went into Armor 2.0, the elemental affinities, and all that's probably balanced in a way where Bungie can see a little bit further down the road from us. And so I don't want to completely decimate it, but I do think there are some things we could address and change that wouldn't completely invest validate the restrictions but would help uh in some respects okay so first of all feels needed all right i think some level of restriction is needed and here's why they have given us more freedom over our loadout and over the way that we can build our character more than any other time in destiny this is not tier 12 chasing this is not oh did you get hand cannon reloader this is literally you able to go into the menu system and completely change your loadout and i for one think it's fantastic i've been a huge huge person on the front line celebrating armor 2.0 being able to go in here and put on supreme mods for nightmare hunts putting on mods for the raid changing things up to do experimentation with survivability like yesterday we learned that resilience is a dead perk it doesn't almost do anything for pve but recovery is really really helpful and that was that was news to me the reason it was news to me is i have a system where i can experiment like that i can actually go in and change things and and tweak things and try things out to the degree that we've never been able to do that before and i really want to stress that on the front end because i think people are losing sight of a lot of the times this is what happens bungie will make an update and the update is good and instead of seeing the update is good we immediately analyze it and say yeah but it's actually bad okay I'm, I'm, this is not a good thing this is not a good blah 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 like fill in the blank and i'll give you an example okay i don't want to get into a big eververse debate but for a long time we asked for direct purchase in the eververse and we ask for no more loot boxes, no more RNG. Bungie gets rid of that and gives us direct purchase. And then everybody starts looking at that change and then trying to flip it into a negative. And they're like, oh, that's all the Eververse is. They're just trying to make money. We can't earn the stuff anymore. Well, the way we earned stuff in the past was loot linked to loot boxes and lack of directional purchase. So that's another example of like, Bungie makes a change that good that, that is good. And then we look at it and start criticizing it, forgetting that it's actually a big improvement on the game. Armor 2.0, I think, is one of those times. 
they they've given us a ton of creativity a ton of agency and a ton of of intentionality over our loadouts and we're looking at we're looking at a restriction within that system and immediately trying to call foul and we want to throw the challenge flag and i think we need to slow down and then somebody's saying well they took away our bright dust actually if you run weeklies and the repeatables you can get very very good weekly turnover of bright dust you're just not doing it and it helps level up your artifact anyway so do it um so I, I think this is another one of those times see again people forget like oh they took away our bright dust actually they gave you a great resource for constantly grinding bright dust and you're just probably ignoring it and leveling too like oh leveling is not better because of this or that or blah 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 actually there's plenty of ways for you to level have agency play the encounters you want to do do it do get in the funnels that you want to get into and build the character that you want to build given how much we can actually influence our loadout I do think we need perspective on that there needs to be some restrictions if you could just throw any mod anywhere with zero restrictions it all just became a matter of like math of like how many points do i need how many resources i need i think that would be that would be one of those instances of too much freedom okay remember when i said they made the icola shotgun they made it solar and people got really mad. They're like, no, wait a minute. That Why? Because they wanted to run Tractor Cannon. Because at the time, Tractor Cannon buffed void damage. And at the time, Igalos Shotgun was void damage. Okay? The reason they did that, it was one of those times where too much freedom was going to actually create problems in the game. Why? Your damage output was going to be so absurd, they were going to have to create engagements that were either completely trivial or legislate to your damage output. Meaning, when you play hard content, everybody has to run Tractor Cannon Icolos. So, too much freedom can actually be a bad thing too much freedom in armor 2.0 too much freedom with affinity can be a bad thing keep in mind at the end of this video i'm gonna make suggestions because i do think that there there is there is something about this that needs to be addressed and that's why i want to talk about fine tuning next fine tuning is really really fun and you don't really get a taste for it unless you're going into the challenging content Two things landed this season that I think are huge value points for hardcore Destiny players. Number one, difficulty spectrum. Difficulty spectrum puts you into an environment where you really have to think and strategize and come up with ways to beat the encounters. 980 Nightmare Hunts have become an absolute blast for me to figure out how fast can we bake the boss? How fast can we move through these areas? And I'm changing my loadout. I'm changing my guns. I'm changing my perks. I'm changing what I'm what, what my equipment is. And I'm doing that because I'm put into a position where fine-tuning is necessary, and that's a really cool feeling. I think we're just getting a glimpse at the action MMO RPG breadth and depth and investment that Luke Smith is wanting to bring to the game. We're just seeing the tip of the iceberg, and I think you see it at its best when you go into content that I traditionally didn't like. I've been a big proponent of, like, I can't stand Delta. I don't like Delta environments. Actually, Delta environments are one of the only places you can go where this is something that you actually like, oh, I actually have to do this. I actually have to think through my loadout, my stats, my recovery, my my mods. All those things are coming into play. And here's why we need to change to Elemental Affinity, okay? Hitting those elemental affinity blocks when you're going through those those builds, I think is addressed for needs addressed for a couple of reasons. Number one, when you finally get a god roll, like I got a really really good roll on the Nezarax Sin helmet. It's a 61. It trended in a really really good way. Unfortunately, now that we've learned resilience is trash, it's got a ton of resilience, and I don't really need that. But let's just imagine resilience isn't as bad as a perk uh, as 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 it is. It's a good roll. 
Now, this becomes my go-to exotic when I'm running around as a warlock that's void, and it's got void energy, which is exciting. That's one of the ones that people want the most, because grenade launchers, hand cannons are really popular in the game right now, and you can get grenade launcher, scavenger, hand cannon, targeting, etc. on the void helmet. Now, imagine this helmet dropping, and it being great on stats, and it's an exotic, and it has the wrong affinity. Well, that I think is, is is problematic. I don't think that layer of pain needs to be there. When you finally get the god roll, gauntlets, chest piece, or whatever to drop, I really do think there could be some ways to mitigate some of this unnecessary pain point because exotics are intricate to the build. An exotic is intricate to the build. Your gauntlet's not intricate to the build. Like, if you get a better pair of exotic, I'm sorry, if you get a pair, pair, pair of gauntlets and they're the right affinity, it's a little easier to make that swap. Exotics compound the problem. Also, the lack of really good stat rolls in the game compounds the problem. You finally get a good pair of gauntlets in the raid or whatever content you're running, whether it's the dungeon that's launching today or whatnot, and then you're like, well, great, they're solar, and I really needed them to be void, okay? So let's get to the suggestions, because I do think there are ways to respect the system, but not have it be such an exaggerated form of pain and frustration for the player, okay? I think the easiest solution is that when you take up something to 10 levels of energy, which I did on these substitution alloy alloy robes, I took them all the way up to level 10. When you do that, you should be given a one-time chance to pick the affinity. One time, if you invest the resources, you get a god roll, you take it all the way to level 10, it's costly, that takes time, you're running nightfalls, you're saving your resources, you take something to level 10, you should get a one-time opportunity to change the affinity, because I probably would have not picked arc for that one. In particular, I probably would have picked something else, or you know, if it was solar or whatever. That, I think, is one of the easiest solutions because it requires investment. It's only a one-time thing. It doesn't trivialize grind because it works within the grind lanes that are already in existence. That's my number one go-to suggestion right now. Second, another suggestion. Really letting you swap the affinity anytime if it's super, super costly, if it requires, like, three Ascendant Shards or something. Well, people aren't going to be doing that left and right in the raids and trivializing the content going from an arc to a solar to a void like it's nothing. You're... You're, you're going to be doing that very infrequently, especially if it's costly. I think that's that's a step up from what I'm saying. That's a little bit more accessible. That's a little bit easier. And I would say that would be that would be a danger of too much freedom. I think limiting it to one time at level 10, if you're going to let us change it anytime we want, make it super, super costly. Lastly, a solution that a lot of people have trotted out is let mods be applicable anywhere, but you get an elemental discount if you actually have like the right element on so if you're wanting to run hand cannon grenade launcher it gets a discount on void armor it's more costly if it doesn't line up I'm not a big fan of that suggestion because I think that's far too intricate and far too lots of moving parts I'm not a fan of the discount system but anything at the moment would be better than what we have because I think it really really hurts a lot of the value of that agency and that intentionality that armor 2.0 comes with that's a huge huge trip up and to a certain extent they already have the discount there are already really costly reloads if you want to do rifle reloader or light arms reloader or large weapon loader those are more costly than these ones down here that get the discount they're kind of already doing that so I don't necessarily think the discount system is the right suggestion because it's kind 
kind of already in place. I really truly think the absolute best suggestion is take it to level 10, you get a one-time swap, or really, really costly swaps as much as you want, but it would be very difficult to do on a, on a, on a daily basis. You would almost never be able to do it. It would be very rare that you would say, oh, I want to actually switch. I switched last week and I want to switch again, and you'd really have to save up for it. As always, we're going to go to question and answer next. So if you're here live, click follow, stick around so you can submit questions. you got to be following the talk in chat. If you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now at saynotorage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that followed my talk about the elemental affinity on the armor, how I think it's kind of needed, but maybe needs some changes as well. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you could probably catch me live right now at saynotorage.com. And if I'm not live, you can press the follow button, but I'm probably live right now. I'm usually live when these hit the feed. So saynotorage.com. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit like and subscribe helps me out. Out as well let's jump right into the question clay Tonk says how do you feel about concepts such as oryx returning lore and story wise there's a possibility as the hive are dividing and attempting this um others might believe this to be recycled content though i think oryx is returning i think oryx is returning i don't think they would dangle their greatest antagonist as a joke um, in those lore releases that got released. Some of you might not know about this. So the collector's edition had like a puzzle in it and people solved it and then lore got released. And the very last lore entry basically said that the Hive are attempting to resurrect Oryx and that they know that it's possible. And it just would not surprise me. It would not surprise me if they bring him back. He is an absolute icon in the industry of Destiny, in the franchise of Destiny. He is iconic. He is easily the most memorable antagonist that we have ever fought uh, maybe Savathun will be a part of that I could see maybe Savathun being in the raid with him or you know involved in the storyline a lot of us were anticipating her taking over the hive being on the dreadnought fighting her but I really do think Oryx is, is in there somewhere I, I definitely do and I still think there is the potential that the dreadnought comes into play as a way to fight the triangle ships the triangle ships are on the way they're on the way i think the only weapon strong enough to go toe to toe with them is the dreadnought's weapon that will need to be reactivated and that could be that could be something that comes into play and comes into fruition with oryx and so i you know people can say laziness all they want ultimately whether the boss looks like oryx or looks like a giant wizard and they call her Savathun, it honestly doesn't matter. I mean, truth be told, a lot of the times your engagement with the content is not is not that that adversely affected by the appearance of the enemies. Like, let me ask the people in chat that think it's lazy for them to bring Oryx back. Are you in love with Hashladun? Like when you go and run that strike, is it blowing your mind that there's a new enemy with a new name and she looks different? Probably not. She's just become another another prop in a raid in a strike that you go and beat the snot out of every once in a while and wait for loot to drop. In general, I think reusing story elements, story assets, whether it's Callus coming back and being part of the storyline or Eris coming back and being part of Shadowkeep, I think that's totally fine. I think the irony of saying that that's late is your criticism's lazy. You're not actually making a criticism or being nuanced. You're just, oh, it's lazy. And I, I, I'm, I'm to the point now where I'm just calling that spade a spade. It's just, that is, an, that, is a, that is a thoughtless criticism. I think there are plenty of reasons to bring back story elements, characters, 
and storylines and I think there's plenty of reason to do it and I don't think it would be quote unquote lazy to bring back Oryx especially if they do it in a really really cool way which I think they would give him a pretty good stage because it's Oryx the FASC GC what if Affinity stayed but it gives you a discount energy for matching yeah we addressed this at the very very end and according to the TWAB people started quoting one of the TWABs to me next season season of dawn we are going to be getting more generic mods so right now there's generic reload mods but they cost more so we already have a version of what you're saying okay if you want to have your you know if let's say you got solar okay and you're like man oh man i don't have any hand cannon reloader well next season that'll matter more because right now you can throw on enhanced for one which is crazy to me you're gonna need light arms loader which is the same speed as hand cannon loader but it costs five as opposed to i think the standard hand cannon reloader is three on i actually forget the cost of the that one it is three okay so it costs two more they're already doing that they're already giving you the ability on one piece of armor to get the quote-unquote discount my reasoning behind taking it to level 10 and being able to change the affinity one time my reasoning behind that is that is you fine-tuning your loadout that is a min-maxing decision it's like well i don't want to do the five i would prefer to do the three i need those two points of energy and i'm going to get them back by leveling this up to 10 and switching it to void instead of it being on solar that's going to save me those two energy points i'm going to use those two energy points for fill in the blank i'm going to run an intellect mod it's going to push me to you know tier nine or something so I don't think we, we, I think we already have the suggestion well in play, especially since people reminded me, again, this was something that I, I, I missed in the one TWAB, they're bringing more generic mods next season, which means you're already going to have the semblance of, you get a discount if the elemental affinities line up, there's going to be generic scavenger perks next season, so you're not going to have to feel pigeonholed of like, oh, well, I didn't get void. But again... I, I do think fine-tuning your build and picking that affinity one time is a needed is a needed change, especially, especially on exotics, because you finally get the exotic you want, and it actually has a good stat roll, and it's arc, and you need it to be solar or you need it to be void. That's going to be a pretty big bummer. Um, from the TWAB two weeks ago, we needed a bit more time to build the broad category versions of these mods and test them thoroughly, but at the start of next season, there will be broad category mods for both the Ammo Finder and Ammo Scavenger categories, and they will be automatically unlocked for all players, no need to hunt them down. So they are going to bring to fruition a lot of people's suggestions about discounts. Now, we may get mid-season next season and decide that, like, Lona was wrong. We don't need to change affinities. You just have to kind of, like, give and take. But, I, again, when I'm fine-tuning a build and I would really, really like a pair of my, a, a pair of my, a piece of my armor to be void, um, I, I want to be in control of that. I want to be in control of that. So, I don't think it matters what we run. Yeah, I'll probably just run on my, um, I honestly think Three Titans is probably going to be the call. I think Three Titans is going to be the call just because of the bubbles and they can feed each other. Um, Sarah Tonio. How do you feel about the armor designs in Destiny 2? What about versus Destiny 1? What direction or design choices would you like to see moving forward? I think people really, really overstate Destiny 1 armor looking better than Destiny 2 armor. 
I never, with the exception of Age of Triumph, I never could look like this in Destiny 1. The entire life of Destiny 1, I could never look like that. I've got this flowing vex milk circuitry all over my body my my gauntlets have pulsating blue circuitry you know th- th- there's so much intricacies to the armor now that was just never there before even the design elements of like this ornament just the intricacies the little the little scratches and chips and stuff the armor i think and i know this is subjective but my personal opinion is that the armor and weapon design is it, it just Destiny One is getting left behind. I think we have a lot of nostalgia. I think we have a lot of a lot of rose-colored glasses when we think of Destiny One. A lot of that stuff did not look nearly as cool. Like just the loud lullaby alone, I think looks incredible in comparison to most of the you know the hand cannons you could get in D One. Um, the the elemental effects, the intricacies, the textures, all of those things have brought the armor forward significantly. There were some armor sets outside of Age of Triumph that were beautiful. There were definitely some trial sets that were phenomenal. But by and large, the armor in D2, I think, just completely blows away the armor uh, from Destiny 1. And I know that's completely subjective. But as I click through, I just, I don't know. I, I don't feel like we had this level of intricacy, this level of design inlays and, and textures and colors. And you got metal sometimes, you got cloth, you got, you know, chipped paint, you got a, a duster from like a Western. Like there's, I don't know, to me, to me, I think they've really, really brought the design elements forward significantly. I think the art department absolutely kills it every single time every single time they crank out armor sets and I'm not even using Eververse stuff. I'm using all the, I'm using all the stuff from the season. As far as I can tell, I'm using that cool Vex stuff, you know, Mauler, even if something new doesn't hit the mark, don't you always want to see new things implemented to to elongate the game and to add more content and quality? Where would you draw the line when it comes to detriment to the community? Well, this is this is difficult because there's not a simple principle or filter that I can that I can kind of like splice this up with. I can't like, oh, every time this is how I kind of splice it. But I will say this. I think there is a hierarchy of game behavior, and I would say Forsaken and the annual pass frustrated and slowed down base level behavior in the game. And what I mean by that is leveling up was completely slowed down. It was not fun. Agency was not there. So base level player behavior in Forsaken and beyond in the annual pass, I believe was severely short circuited by bad, bad decisions that were in some measure influenced by hardcore players that were streamers. Okay. I'm not blaming streamers, but their input led to, I think decisions that ultimately kind of choked and strangled the lion's share of the community when it came to leveling or in fusion so you have to take it on a case-by-case basis because i'll give you an example where you wouldn't apply this logic you wouldn't look at raid excuse me you wouldn't look at raids and raid design and say that's really making it difficult for base level players and casual players to go in there and beat it and get the loot you really should have matchmaking and the raid should be a lot easier well no why because as i said at the beginning i believe there is a hierarchy of player behavior there is aspirational content way up here 
raids, dungeons, 980 nightfalls, 980 nightmare hunts, and then you go all the way down that spectrum. So as you go up in the spectrum, think about it. It's like leveling and just playing, leveling your artifact, moving along the season pass. Really, really easy. They've streamlined it so much. There's so many bounties in the game. The casual player should be, I think, honestly, in love with this game. I think that's one of the reasons the player base numbers are so strong right now is there's so many people that just like, this is so easy to play. Bump up from there. I'm pursuing specific roles. I'm chasing god rolls on the lectern. I'm chasing god rolls in Vex Offensive. That takes some time. That takes some dedication. But it's in a pretty good lane. You've got intentionality. You've got agency. But it's not ease. It's not ease. It's there to do. And the more efficient you run it, the faster turnover rate you get. Then above that hierarchy, I would say there is uh, Armor 2.0, Min Maxing, getting enhanced mods from Legend Nightmare Hunts, getting uh, the, the resources needed from the Nightfall to take your armor up. That's like the next one. And then above that, I would just put aspirational content 980 activities, the raid, raid challenges uh, dungeons and when you look at each of those stages I think you have to take them in a case by case basis, number one, what are we talking about, okay, where does it land in that hierarchy, okay, if it's landing in this hierarchy up here, it's more aspirational it's more long term grind more long term chase, then you have to apply a different sort of attitude about it, you can't be like, oh everybody should be able to get level 10 armor with god rolls, no that's why people didn't understand me taking issue with Iron Banner being a good source for pinnacles and enhanced mods. People didn't understand me taking issue with that. I was like, it seems to me a little disorienting to say it's something from up here. It's up here on the hierarchy. That's pretty long-term grind. That's pretty hardcore. And it's down here, really accessible in a six in a six-man match-made activity called Iron Banner. It it seemed dysfunctional. Now I think the pushback that people make that I accept and I just think it's fine is that Iron Banner is once a month and it's a week long thing and light level advantages are enabled. Okay, fine, cool. I'm over it. I'm moving on. Like it doesn't matter to me that much, but what I just outlined is kind of my thought process behind why I looked at Iron Banner and I felt like it was somewhat dysfunctional. I'm going into the raid, non-match made end game power levels not aspirational power levels, but end game power levels. It's not 750 or 800, okay? Going into end game power level, aspirational content, and I'm getting basic stats. I am getting mods and enhanced mods. That's kind of a punch out system, so you don't get a whole lot of credit for that. I mean, you run enough you run enough raids and enough nightmare hunts at legend, mods aren't consumable. So you can't get a double, you know. Once you get you know, Relay Defender, if you get it again, it's going to be enhanced. Like, that's it. It's a punch-out method. So you don't get a whole lot of credit for giving me enhanced raid mods. Um, so I, I think there's there's a bit of a dissonance in some of the pursuits right now in the game, and that's why. So whenever I look at things being implemented for a long-term grind or like a short-term gain or base-level content, I'm always thinking through, what are we talking about? I put it in its category, and then I say, this is how this should be. The dungeon obviously would be up here, right? It's aspirational content. So I'm going to I'm gonna judge it as that. Oh, it's so hard. It's tough. It's puzzle solving. Oh, there's no matchmaking. Oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. I want the weapon. No, man, it's up here. This is that, that, that's, that's thematically in sync with the style of the content. Next question. Mirko says, how do you feel about an uh, an expensive reroll option for the affinities, maybe a Senate charge? Yeah, I put that in my video. I think you either let me do it one time when I take it to level 10 
or I have to get it to level 10. And when once it's level 10, I unlock the ability to change it every once. I, I change it for a super, super high cost. I, that's right out of the video. You might not have been here for that part of the video. But yeah, I think that would be one of the many options they could consider. TP Fearless. Do you think Thunder Crash should be buffed since all Titan supers are pretty trash now for PvP? I'm a Titan main with one-eyed mask. Titans are getting hit pretty hard now, and it feels kind of rough that Thunder Crash is the only shutdown super the Titans have. I think the old D1 Slam was really good and should be brought back. Um, a lot of people are going to struggle to take you serious when you say that Titans with one-eyed mask are struggling. Um, that's a that's a tough one to swallow without kind of laughing a little bit. <laughs> like, like, are you serious? Um, I do think going to a traditional Fist of Havoc one-off slam that was that was like extra strong for super shutdown would probably be nice. That would probably be nice. Uh, like that would basically be like you would go in here and you would pick a different attunement. You have code of the missile, right? And then you have this and you have that. One of those could potentially get turned into the traditional one-off one slam non-roaming super and it's really 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 strong. Um, I could see somebody doing that. I also think thunder crash, you know, I don't know if it needs a buff in PvP. I think in general, Titans don't have a whole lot of legs in PvE right now outside of Bubble. Outside of Bubble Titan, I can't imagine running anything right now. Number one, you're going to lose Oppressive Darkness grenades from the artifact. Number two, what the frick are you going to run? Hammers? I mean, you could run Burning Maul maybe to cheese a boss and stun them if it's possible on some of the bosses to do that. But... I, I don't think this kind of feels like a this kind of feels like a, a troll question. This doesn't feel like a real question. Forza. Um Thundercrash is a one-off. Oh, is Thundercrash Code of the Missile? I always forget the names of them. Is Thunder is Thundercrash Code of the Missile? Thundercrash is not meant to be a shutdown. It's 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 there's a lot of you it takes some skill to use it. I think Thundercrash needs buffed in PvE. I think in general in PvP, Titans are really, really strong right now. I don't know how much help they need. Okay, so Thundercrash is Code of the Missile. Yeah, Thundercrash needs help. I just in general think if you're running Thundercrash in Crucible, you're kind of running the wrong super. Why are you running a super that requires you to aim with the agility of, of, of people and being able to move and... I don't think Thundercrash is a good call for Crucible in general. Number one, you lose shoulder charge, you lose double nades, you you th- ballistic slam? Really? Like, I don't know. I, I don't I don't I don't think you're even running. I think there are classes that are built for PvP and some that are not. Um, missile destroys all supers. I guess you just gotta hit them then. Thundercrash is a good shutdown, and uh, and it has inertia overdrive. Thundercrash and Maul are shut down. I yeah, maybe you just have to hit hit your shots, kid. I don't know. I don't play enough uh I don't know play enough PvP to weigh in elaborately here. I think it's hard to ask for buffs for Titans, is essentially what I was trying to say. Um I do think Titans probably need some help in PvE, but they got bubbles, so I'm happy. Forza says wouldn't a good substitute for glass needles be allowing us to randomly reroll affinity on exotics for the cost of one ascendant shard? No, get the frick out of here, Forza. What are you? T- are you kidding me? I'm gonna use an ascendant shard to randomly roll. Let me ask you something. Are you gonna be really happy when you go from arc to void and back to arc if you're trying to get to solar? <laughs> you're not gonna want to do that, homie. Do you know how tilting that would be? 
you know how tilting that would be? I don't think it could. No, if they're going to allow us to change affinities, make it costly, and let me pick it, I cannot imagine saving up and being like, all right, I want void. And I go, it's arc right now. I want void. And it goes to solar. Dad gummit. And then it goes back to arc. It's like, I want void. You just burned my resources for nothing. Like, there, it needs to be a transaction where you give the resources, you pick the affinity. Um, by the way, if you're tuning in and you're new to the stream and you haven't been here before, I appreciate you being here. We do like an interactive podcast style stream. Clicking follow allows you to talk and chat and submit questions, so be sure to do that. Uh, we're considering doing a mass unban. If you need unban, I know a lot of people might be kind of finding their uh, their refuge here in some of the changes that have happened recently. If you like the vibe and, and, you, and you kind of want to come back, a lot has changed. We talked about that about an hour ago. If you're feeling like this is a cool place to hang out again and you're giving me a second chance, number one, I appreciate it. Number two, you might need unbanned. I was I was pretty harsh in the past and hit people pretty quick, pretty fast, uh, and we're a lot more laid back now. <laughs> so we're we're gonna we're gonna unban you if you make the request. Uh, appreciate you guys being here. Um, so uh, Maelstrom says Bungie stated that they are looking into re-rolling elemental affinities with cores. I don't know where you read that. Uh, does this seem like the change you're looking for, Lono Rage? I have no idea where Maelstrom read this. Has anybody read this anywhere that they're looking into re-rolling affinities with cores? And I'm assuming he means enhancement cores, which would be, I mean, I don't, I'm sitting on 912. I, I would feel like they'd have to make that pretty costly. So I'm going to let you circle back on this Maelstrom if you're in chat and tell me where you read this because... I think a lot of people people are mentioning it. Maybe you heard that people are suggesting it and Bungie accepted the feedback. That does not necessarily mean that they are looking into it. That's a that's a different equation. If a forum post got enough traction and Cosmo said, "We appreciate your feedback. We're going to hand this off to the team that you would like to be able to reroll affinities with resources like cores." That doesn't mean they're looking into it. That just means they've accepted that feedback. Nighthawks. Do you think exotic should have no affinity? Also, I know masterwork working is supposed to be end game type of system, but do you think there's ascendant shards? Uh, but do you think three ascendant shards of fully masterwork and exotic armor piece is fair? Seems a bit pricey. You better believe it's pricey. Exotics transcend seasons. Now, I think exotic armor in my exotic needs help video, I think they need a universal seasonal mod, personally. Uh, This guy should be able to run nightmare hunt mods, he should be able to run raid mods. Exotics are supposed to be transcending the season that they're in, and right now, they can't really do that to an extent. And I know people are like, well, you don't need that seasonal mod slot because it's an exotic. Well, I I don't know if I agree with that. I, I do think exotics... Being able to do that, I, I think, would be helpful. They need the. They, I, I think you would say universal seasonal mod right here, and then I don't think you need to remove affinity. I think you just need to say no. It's freaking costly as is as, as all get out to take something all the way up to level ten, and when you do that, you're given the option to change the affinity. Now I know somebody might think, but I might change my loadout in a couple seasons and want to change it again. Well, I, you know, maybe they need to let us do it a couple of, you know, more than once. Maybe need to be able to unlock the ability to do it, and it's super, super costly. But again, we don't want to this early, before the system has had time. Number one, they're rolling out generic. They're rolling out generic mods next season. 
and we need to wait and see what sort of an impact that has on you fine-tuning and you capstoning your builds so we may be a little bit of ahead of ourselves here but i do think i do think we're providing feedback to bun to, to bungie that like i this this seems really frustrating man i finally got a god roll and it's got the wrong affinity oh but we got generic mods on the way okay Think think with me about why that's problematic. I got a god roll to help me min-max, but you're not going to let me min-max my mods because you're going to make me run a generic because you won't let me change the affinity. The odds of you getting the exact like right rolls and right stat leans, I mean, it's going to take people a while to get really, really maxed out you know, kits with tons of intellect, tons of recovery, tons of discipline. Those are probably the three most popular. Um, and there goes maintenance. So I would say... I would I would say that it, it it's grading against the volition and the agency of the player to min max, which is the main, which is the bigger problem with it. I think I don't think the restriction is the problem. I think it disrupts the agency, the freedom, and the choice when you're min maxing. It automatically negates it automatically negates the the um the armor piece that has a great stat roll. It's just automatically sort of negated. It's like well, I have to use generic mods. You know, when you mean by generic mods, aren't pulse rifle ammo finder mods the generic? No, 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 no. There are generic mods on the way. Estimated profit for scavenger and finder. They're 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 going to be bringing that's that's happening next season. Apparently, they needed to like test it and fine tune it more. Gale play. Do you think every stat should be equally useful in PVE? I love RPGs and I love min-maxing, but currently I don't feel like enough of a difference in some stats. I hardly see a difference min-maxing some stats versus just wearing armor that has the highest amount of stats. I want to make fun builds. This is the wrong way to ask the question. So, get you're like, I don't need a paragraph, okay? <laughs> I want to make fun builds for PVE, like really tanky, slow titan for support. Right. This is in line with what we talked about yesterday. Okay, I'm giving you a hard time, but you know, try to be maybe a little bit brief, uh, briefer with your question. I think, I think that some stats and our influence over stats, I think, is hindered by PvP. And we talked about this last night of the podcast. Fallout plays generally agreed with my sentiment that one of the main reasons that they can't make resilience, for example, a super impactful perk or stat is because it would break it would break PvP. It, you, you couldn't have somebody running around as like a 5 or a 6 tap because then they would win every gunfight. Like, they would literally win every single gunfight. Bam, bam, bam. I can't kill that guy! He's a 5 tap! And I'm a 3 tap! Well, what would that turn into? Everyone running high resilience. Everyone being a 5 tap. And just, it was if it slows down your mobility and makes you kind of sluggish and slow, then everyone's just going to sit on, I mean, more than they are now, everyone's just going to sit on lanes with pulse rifles, scouts, snipers, etc. And be afraid to move. Because when you do that, you're, you're, I mean, you're, you're slow, right? You're not, you're not going to be able to stay ahead. And so... At a, at, I think at a at a ground at a ground level, that problem's just there. We can't really get rid of that. Um, you can't really get rid of that element. Um, the the element of like surprise, of like surprise, I have high resilience, and unfortunately, that has a negative effect on our build crafting in PVE. So if you decided that you wanted to run content like the 980 Master Nightmare Hunt crota 
and you want to make somebody a tank and you want to run max resilience and as max resilience you're kind of slow but man oh man you can take a walloping before you die I mean you are an absolute tank but you're slower and your recovery is terrible it was like those shields that you could get in Borderlands where crazy crazy high level shield but then like the recharge rate and the recharge delay is like high you know it takes a long time for those things to come back well you can't do that right now you can't we tested resilience yesterday it has almost no effect at all on how long you stay alive it, it and when you compare it to recovery it's not even a comparison it just even is it's not even a comparison you can go into hiding and get your health back within seconds if you're running high resi- recovery resilience just and, and you got to remember if you're giving yourself high resilience, you're taking from somewhere else. You're 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 min-maxing, right? You're obviously tanking some other stat to invest in resilience. And I was doing that over recovery. I took recovery to tier nine, and instead of having my resilience at like tier seven, because resilience was having zero effect on my experience, and having high recovery does. And again, the undercurrent that is dictating a lot of this is PvP. I'm not blaming PvP. I'm not saying PvP needs to go away, but until we can switch, like until we can like swap that out and have things behaving differently in the different hoppers of the game, until that happens, eh, resilience is probably not going to be that great. Mobility's probably not going to do that much. Like mobility does help, but you're not seeing people running around and y- you can tell in some games when someone's running like an agile like high agility build, you can tell, like you can see how fast they're moving. It's a little harder to detect it because mobility's impact is is pretty low. It's very it's very unnecessary, I think, for PVE. Uh, but it's good for like the strafing back and forth fights in PvP. But that's about it. Uh, maybe the initial jump height for a hunter uh, could be good. So, I I I totally hear where you're coming from, and I know that this is something that's gonna this is gonna emerge. Okay, as Bungie attempts to put in systems that are you know, min-maxing action MMO they, they attempt to put those things into place you gotta understand they're kind of draping that over a game that has a lot of limitations internally so they're draping over really really nice stuff and then but beneath that the framework of Destiny has technical limitations it's got things that are aren't as agile, things that are somewhat outdated and this is a good time for them to learn about investment paths scalability like how do you incentivize the player to chase something next season if they went for all the god roll stuff this season um it 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 would be it would be a a really really good way to influence the next game you're making it more complex than it needs to be a gear stat toggle that disabled gear stats for pvp problem solved Man, all this time, Bungie just needs to hire you and you're hanging out in Twitch chat. You just solved the problem. I'm not making it more complex than it needs to be. The franchise has been around for five years and they've made it very clear. They've made it very clear that it's very difficult for them to fine-tune something for PvP and PvE separately. It's actually separate. Uh, I'm sorry, it's actually difficult to separate. Um, So no, it's not as easy as flipping some magical switch somewhere. And you're also arguing for the dilution of Destiny's identity as a game. You go into PvP with your build, with your loadout, and you ha- that has an impact on the way that the game feels, you know? And 
I don't think you I don't think you want to rip that out. I, I don't think you want to gut that part of Destiny. Now, separating the sandboxes, sure, so you could be like, well, resilience is far more influential in PvE. It doesn't do much in PvP because you can't turn yourself into a five tap. That would be unfair. That needs to happen, sure. I don't think that's happening in Destiny 2. I don't. I think whatever next version of Destiny they build, they're going to absolutely must, maybe not must, but they really, really need to consider completely separating sandboxes and new engine and dedicated servers. Like those are those. That's a tall order. Bungie can't just go to the go to the the video game restaurant fast food chain and say, "Yeah, we'll take dedicated servers and one new engine, please." Like it's not that simple. But at a ground level, it's like you guys have got to erode a lot of these restrictions. And the only way you get rid of these restrictions is with new tech, new engine, new backbone, new architecture. And you got to separate the sandboxes uh, because right now, when they're like, "Oh, we're doing a PVE buff." Do you know what they're actually doing? They're making the enemies weaker to your guns. That's actually how they do it on a technical... From a technical standpoint, when they said that SMGs were getting a 22.5% damage buff to minors and majors in PvE, do you know what they're actually doing? They're going into majors and minors, and they're making them take more damage from SMGs. They're not doing anything to the actual SMGs themselves. It is... I... It's very veins convoluted, man. It's 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 spaghetti code. It's 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 a five it's a five year franchise, man. They got stuff in there that just isn't as simple as the, there's no dial on a hand cannon to be like, okay, hang on. Yeah, turn that dial up. We want more damage at that range on red bars. We want to turn that dial down in crucible. That's not a system that exists for them. It's it is it is actually not as simple as just flip the switch and separate the sandboxes. I think Hamrick Josh Hamrick is the one that spoke to this numerous times before he left that they literally cannot separate it as simple as that. Uh, 8 Legion. Why would exotics be more costly to get 10 energy and not have a fourth mod slot? Yeah, that's actually an interesting observation. I never consider. I, I can't. Oh, the game's under maintenance right now. I can't pull it up and look at it. That's actually an interesting observation. I didn't consider that. It's more costly to take them to level 10, but they're missing the extra mod slot. So what reason really is there to take it up to level 10? Oh, you get the stat bumps. You get the stat bumps. Yeah, I think it's probably just because it's an exotic. They're just like, yeah, it's just going to cost more. You know, more than likely that's their logic on it. Victor Mayhem. Do you think barrier disruption unstoppable champions will be part of destiny moving forward and exotics such as the new Leviathan's Breath, which has unstoppable built in, will be their way of changing how exotics will be used? More exotics will be anti-barrier disruption unstoppable. This is such an interesting observation that just kind of like I'm a little I'm a little I'm a little I'm trying to think through, like, wow, does that mean these are always going to be around? They just created exotics that have unstoppable disruption and anti-barrier on them, which means if that ever goes away, those are completely invalidated. That means that they potentially need to update all exotics with intrinsic champion modifiers on them. Maybe we don't need them to add the artifact mod slot on exotics. Maybe I had it wrong. I think I do have it wrong. I wonder if that's what they're going to do. If they ever get rid of the champions, overload, 
anti bear overload barrier and unstoppable if you ever get rid of those champions these these exotics are completely invalidated i i wonder if that's what they're going to do this is a great observation from victor i've completely missed this now i touched on it last night but from the wrong end of the spectrum i said one of the reasons i don't think they're letting us do artifact mods on exotics is they want us to use the new exotics they want to funnel us to divinity ariana's vow and the the leviathan's breath the bow like i i had it i think i had it backwards i think they're starting a new era of exotics that exotics have unique power and unique champion you know disruption things that are there for you to start to feel like you don't want to run Izanagi's because this thing now runs anti-barrier and it's actually really, really effective. You know, running Recluse, I'm sorry, running Huckleberry with anti-barrier could potentially be really, really useful and you might put down your Izanagi's. Now, not all the time. There would still be Nightmare Hunts and Nightfalls that you'd be like, no, Izanagi's is still the go-to. But I think this is a very good observation. This could be the way forward for creating... A new, a new level of hierarchy of power within exotics to make you feel like I don't just run an exotic for the perks that it has it also meets a pain point within the game structure itself in the form of champions this is a very very good question this is changing my idea and my position on this I think I got it wrong I don't think they're going to add artifact mod slots to exotics. I think they're going to do an update pass and they're going to say all these weapons now have an intrinsic artifact champion modifier and you'll have to look at the list that we have here to see what they're getting. What do they add new perks? Anti-barrier overload unstoppable for primary exotics by releasing them as a new tier catalyst. That's another consideration, Hmong. Right. They do it as in the form of a catalyst. Right. It's there and it's grayed out. You go to Huckleberry and Huckleberry suddenly has the anti-barrier symbol and you're like, I gotta unlock that. It's grayed out and you gotta like work. They don't make it intrinsic. The only reason I don't think they would do it that way is I think they would want it to be harmonious. They would want you to grab your 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 Huckleberry or grab your Ariana's Vow and they look the same. There's just a tagline somewhere on there that says automatically, it has it built in, right? It's just intrinsic. Um... What if they were wanting to remove old exotics? New era of exotics, fade out the old. I don't think that's the goal, T-Funk, because as they said on September 26th in that TWAB, legendaries are outclassing exotics, and they intentionally left Rampage alone on Huckleberry to incentivize people to use it. Um, Imagine Huckleberry with Unstoppable. Well, no, they wouldn't give Huckleberry Unstoppable. They would give Huckleberry Anti-Barrier. They would give it something that's sensible to the to the archetype of the weapon itself. I would think they would go in and up and update them and say, now they have these champions. They could do that as like a free pass every season. Hey, this season, we took four exotics and we, and we gave them intrinsic champion modifiers. And then they do it again next season. So every season, there's new exotics to try out. It gives you that feeling of new, even though they're actually old exotics. But truth be told, we don't use a lot of them anyway. I mean, for Frick's sake, I would love a reason to run a lot of those exotics. They look cool, they sound cool, they feel cool. Give 
me a reason to run them I think Victor may have just kind of sniffed out what they might do in future seasons because that's a really really easy value add hey look at the numbers of exotic usage on these exotics we find these to be incredibly undervalued underused and we're updating them these four are getting intrinsic anti-barrier overload as well as unstoppable depending on the archetype depending on the gun type and we're we're using we're using that as a means of like changing people's loads at loadouts and kind of funneling you uh, to to new stuff. Um, I think that I think that is I think that's good. I think that's exactly uh, that's exactly how they they should do it. And I also think that gets around them needing to do like you can run mods on on you can run mods on exotics. I think would be a weird update. So. If they're changing which weapon types get the mods, it would be odd to see them give exotic those mods inherently. Not necessarily. They did it this season, Eugene. I mean, they, they did it this season, so... Yeah, that's interesting, because anti-barriers on the hand cannon, um, disruptions on the divinity, and then unstoppables on the bow. That's kind of how it works now, right? Can you get unstoppable on a bow? Is that... What, is uns- what does the bow get? I forget. I don't run it. I, the, the artifact mod for the bow, is it unstoppable? I wonder if they're really even going to change that. Bows get overload? Bows get overload. Okay. Yeah, so they don't look like they're locked in then. I mean, they got overload on the bow on the artifact, and then they threw unstoppable on the, on the Leviathan's Breath. And then overload is on the Divinity, but... It, it's not I guess that divinity is considered an auto rifle so I guess that lines up I don't know I think it's the most likely outcome is that every season they say we are going to take a variety of weapons and give them artifact mods to change things up and another possible outcome in light of Victor's observation we've done passes on these five exotics they all now have intrinsic champion modifiers on them so you can change things up. You can try things out. I think that'd be good. The difference with those exotics is they are special and heavy weapons. Right. And I don't know. Let's just wait and see. I think I think Victor has enumerated something that could likely uh, that could likely change things. So uh, just enough says should specific weapon themed exotics also roll with what that weapon's elemental affinity should specific weapon-themed exotics also roll with that weapon's elemental affinity? I don't know what you're talking about. What do you mean? A weapon-themed exotic? Which exotic do you have in mind? Oh, like the SMG? Roll with that weapon's elemental affinity? Yeah, but what do you mean? Like, you can run all the elements on the guns. Are you saying when you equip your gun, it changes the affinity? Actium War Rig Actium War Rig is solar. But I don't understand. You can run Actium War Rig and it can influence any auto rifle. Auto rifles can be any element. I d- this question I don't, I'm not I'm not landing on your logic. What what do you the weapon theme exotic would roll with that weapon's elemental affinity. But what weapon are you referring to cuz I can run any Oh, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm connecting the dots now. Sorry, Lono slow, Lono old. Uh, <laughs> I get what you're saying. 
if you get something that works with auto rifles, it should automatically be the affinity that works with auto rifle mods. Lono XE has now caught up in the programming. Sorry. Okay. I was like, what the frick are you talking about? I was like, huh? Okay. My apologies for being slow. Thinking on my feet is, is, uh, is I, I sometimes trip on my shoelaces. So, yes, I agree with this. I agree with this. I do think that that seems a little odd that they would give you something that works with auto rifles but can't use auto rifle mods. Now, I don't know if Bungie's logic on this would push back and what they would say. No, we actually don't think so. Whether it's the Peacekeepers or the Actium War Rig or whatever, given that there's only a handful that do this, I think it would be acceptable to say it always drops with that affinity. Now, there's a danger there. There's a danger. Somebody might say, I really like running Actium War Rig, but I don't want it to drop with that affinity. I want it to drop with this affinity because I actually run my build around other things that I would like, you know, I would like to use. So I, I do think there could be potential times where somebody says, I actually don't want it to be that affinity. Um, that That's that's possible. That's possible that somebody might say, no, 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 no. I, I like, I like war rig but you know like what Eugene is saying I want it void for sniper perks exactly your loadout might not be so driven by it again I think you're down in the minutiae of a specific instance and that's why I zoom out and I say leave it up to the player if you get Actium war rig and you're Eugene and you want it to be void and you want it to be solar because of what you're running and what your what your loadout is and what you want to prioritize leave it up to the player let them take it to level 10 and when they take it to level 10 they can choose the affinity and then they're done it's locked in or let them change the affinity as much as they want but make it super freaking expensive so you're doing it almost never I mean you would do it almost never you would do it very 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 infrequently in in any case I'm zoomed out and leaving it up to the player you're zoomed in you're like let's lock it in to always be solar and I'm like that's dangerous because then you're you're number one you're grading against the system and you're creating exceptions to the rule number two you may have something that's like I actually don't want it to be that I want it to be something else Republic City. What if they made general mods for all armor pieces that made the enhanced versions of the mods be affinity based? Okay, I, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and reread this. L- 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 I'm struggling with some of these questions today. What if they made general mods for all armor pieces, but they made the enhanced versions be affinity based? Okay, I got it. So you're saying hand cannon loaders everywhere, but enhanced hand cannon loader is only on void. Um. I think I do think you're getting down and slicing too thinly and I think that just gets difficult to understand I think that would cause confusion I don't understand I can run hand cannon loader on these gauntlets why can't I run enhanced oh enhanced is only on only on that affinity so you can only do it there I I again I'm zooming out and saying leave it up to the player restrictions like these are, are needed right they're needed oh there's an update I think restrictions like this are needed, but I also think there's a danger. There's a danger in not um, not restricting the player, but there's also a danger in making it really, really hard on the player to do the thing they want to do. Because again, if you're trying to min-max, if you're trying to min-max and you finally get the stats that you want, 
that grates against you min-maxing that you finally get the stats that you want on the gauntlets but the gauntlets roll solar and you need them to be void right so yeah I rebooted and I'm getting an 889 meg update right now levitate green do you think that a more direct grind for mods would be beneficial for example a bounty where banshee says use this gun get this amount of kills or something of that nature to get a mod I would really like Bungie to sell a weekly um weekly mod quest and it would be something like that I, I, I could get I could get down with that I really really could um I could definitely get down with that I you don't want stuff like this to be too transactional but you also don't want it to be too RNG based because I think a lot of people right now are like where do I get mods like it's just like do I buy him or oh, he only sells one a day what the what the huh um I think a directional volitional grind for mods would be a good choice you just need to ensure that it's not too directional. If it's too directional, if it's too transactional, it's there's a danger there in simplifying it, um, especially something that's pretty impactful like mods. So I'm always trying to land in the middle on these issues like this because anytime something is too transactional, you end up with re-rolling weapons in the tower. That's too transactional. You just you get enough of the freaking material you just re-roll to your heart's content that's too transactional okay another ditch i try to avoid is the way that they implemented skeleton keys it was like there was an, a layer of rng you might not get a skeleton key then there was a layer of you might not even get the gun to drop then there was a layer of when the gun does drop you might not get the rolls that you want it was layer after layer after layer of rng that caused the player to feel frustrated by it was just laced with futility I don't have any control over what the frick is going on, right? And so, in either ex- in either exchange of time, one there's too much control, and one there's not enough. You got to land in the middle. So with these mods, given that they're something that people are wanting and that they're they're aspiring to get them, they're, they're, there's a loot pursuit attached to them. Anytime, anytime there's loot pursuit attached to an item, I always want to land right in that middle of the lane. Don't give me too much volition. Don't give me too much control, because then it's just transaction. It's like do the enough, do the time, get the dime. That, that that's stupid. Ignore that I said that. Let's delete that from the record. But you you just do enough time and you get the thing right. And then the other is like no control at all. You know what the frick? When am I gonna get what I want? Like that's the problem with raids right now. Raids have random rolls on the weapons, random rolls on the armor, and you get to run it three times, and that's it. You're done. You're done. And that feeling of lack of futility the reason the reason i want you to think about something with me the hive mind of destiny is changing and i'll give you proof in destiny one we never really started to think about running raids more than three times a week until wrath of the machine showed up because of the you know the dropping of the fragments and the extra chests and stuff we didn't really think about it right do the time you get the dime yeah thank you for clipping that you fricks anyway but the hive mind of the, of the player base is changing. Suddenly, everybody is talking about running raids multiple times for non-powerfuls. I was preaching it, then Rick Kakis got a tweet going, and everybody jumped on the tweet. Must be nice for people to pay attention to you, because I said it five days prior, but whatever. Uh, but suddenly, it's hitting a fever pitch. Right? People are like, let us run the raid more. Why are people saying that? Why? Because the game is laced with more intentionality the minute you gave us a taste of more intentionality 
we want more of it we're like oh give us more of that that's awesome ada bounties was like our first taste i was like oh that's nice i like that i like the idea that i can target a particular gun and chase after it like an insane person and when we didn't get an in drifter we were like this is awful right and then we get to menagerie oh this is even better oh my gosh this feels so good this is so great give us more and 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 luke smith warned he was like you're not gonna have that level of intentionality in shadow keep but it's still there it's very much still there because you can grind like crazy and choose the guns that you want to chase in vex offensive you can choose the guns you want to chase at the lectern and what happens the minute the hive mind interacts with content that doesn't let us do that we reject it come on what is this let me run the raid more than three times jiminy frick i've made 190 grenade launchers and you've given me what how many drops of weapons in the raid it's absurd the difference is absurd and the fact that the raid weapons aren't even that much better than weapons you can get elsewhere it's like you gotta let us run it more and the the spectrum of potential stat rolls on armor is just unbelievable unbelievable you're it's gonna take a lifetime a lifetime for you to get good stat rolls on the armor on the raid armor at the rate that it drops it's like come on man highly 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 unlikely super mathematically improbable and that's proof that the hive mind of the player base is changing right the player base is changing their thinking about it i know that we've we have periodically said let us run the raid more than three times but it's building to a fever pitch i'm seeing a requested and co-signed now more than ever i said it back at leviathan a lot of us said it back at leviathan but we used to get pushback back then I saw prominent members, prominent streamers, prominent YouTubers being like, no, you can't let us run the raid more than three times, right? People are coming around to it. And the reason they're coming around to it is they're seeing that GDC quote from the Blizzard guys behind the Loot 2.0 system in Diablo. People are starting to see that reality. They said, instead of people saying, I'm just trying to get this item, people changed and started saying, I'm trying to get a good version of that item. And I think people are starting to see that reality in Destiny. Min-maxing, chasing the god rolls on the guns, like giving us that player volition. It started with Ada, it came home with Menagerie, and now it's it's stamping on the game in different places. Ikora, Eris's Lectern, Rune Table, and then you go to other NPCs or other activities, and when they don't give you that, I think you rightly say, Where's my player volition? Where's my agency? Where's the intentionality? And we just need to keep asking for more, again, in a balanced, measured way so that you're not turning into a transaction. I don't want to build a god roll. I want to chase a god roll. That's the truth. I think most people would co-sign that statement. I do not want to build a god roll. I want to chase a god roll. But you got to empower me to do it. Chasing a god roll assumes there's a pursuit. There's a chase. You're empowering the player to go after it. The Sam going ham. Personally, I think they should add the ability to spend an ascendant shard or multiple prisms to re-roll affinity. Yeah, this is right out of the this is right out of the video. A couple of you guys either weren't here for it or you're just absorbing it osmosis and not realizing it and spitting it back out. I, I yeah, I said this in the video. This is a common suggestion. Let us change affinity for a high cost. 
Um, so, by the way, if you're new and never been here before, or if you're coming back around and giving me another shot, I appreciate it. Make sure you're following the stream. Uh, you can you, you have to follow the stream to talk and chat and submit questions. Make sure you don't accidentally unfollow the stream. You have to push the heart button to follow. It's actually... Uh, kind of easy to unfollow uh if you're giving me a second chance and you're like man it's a lot different here it's it is very different here i'm very different uh we're willing to give people second chances there might even be people in chat that were banned you can always send me a twitter dm or message one of the mods like whisper them we're uh, we're all about second chances there may even be a mass unban soon so we know that the ecosystem of twitch is changing especially today and if you're trying to find a new home we'd love to have you uh next question sherman james um I already downloaded the update, Moby. Thank you. If you can change the affinity, what is to keep people from holding on to the highest three stat rolls and changing them instead of actually grinding for them? Well, the cost. The cost is how you would limit this. You listen. You're not going to be doing. You're not going to be doing affinity swaps. Just you just aren't. If it's super expensive right on the same token how many pieces of armor are you going to walk all the way up to level 10 probably not enough probably not that many i mean according to your logic wouldn't somebody just do that too wouldn't they just get like three different pieces walk them all the way up to level 10 and they got an arc a solar and a void wouldn't they just do that wouldn't that just be sort of like a way around it right i would i would think i would think that the big the big dilemma is not if people can do it, okay? The big dilemma is not can people do it, it's how often can they do it and how expensive is it? If it's trivial and I'm in the middle of a raid just swapping affinities, swapping mods per encounter, well then yeah, that that would be I think a, a little a little absurd. But I would think the bulk of the player base, the 90%, even the people that trend towards higher gameplay levels aren't going to be just absolutely bleeding ascendant shards, just leveling up everything, just swapping affinities like they're changing their shoes. Like it just, I don't think it would be that common if it was structured properly. Really, really hardcore players. Yeah, maybe. All right, man, let's get ready. We're, we're trying to do a speed run on this activity. I got my shards saved up and they've somehow figured out through just hard work, dedication and crunching numbers that in the middle of this raid or this encounter, you can actually change affinities, change mods and speed up. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just don't see a lot of people doing that and I don't see it trivializing content either. Um, if people are in the middle of raid swapping affinities, they're probably slowing the raid down. TBH, not necessarily, not necessarily. It's pretty fast. I go in and swap mods all the time. I mean, it's pretty quick. You get to a spot, you hit the thing, you go to your spot, you're waiting for the ads to spawn. Pfft, you could definitely change mods and affinities in the time. Like, think of think of any of the encounters. You go to the first encounter, you kill all the ads, kill the angelic, and you just frickin' stand there. Change your affinities. You go to your spot in the, fr- in, the in the second encounter. Not on console. Yeah, it's true. I'm spoiled by PC. Sorry, console people. I am. I am a little spoiled uh, by by the by the screen times. But I don't know. I think people swapping armor and affinities and mods would definitely be a thing. But again, I don't think it would be so common and so trivializing that we need to take that power away from people. I think the lion's share of people would do it very infrequently. I also think they would only do it when it's really, really important to them. So, 
Did I change gear? Say change gear or change affinity? Did I stutter? No, but you're certainly talking to us like an arrogant, condescending piece of trash douchebag. But you know that's fine too. Did you stutter? No. Changing affinity, changing gear, and changing mod slots are all pretty fast, regardless of what you're doing. Did I just stutter? Did I rattle off those insults fast enough for you, Blader? Do you think being able to change the affinity of armor would deteriorate the grind of armor rolls, or is there too much RNG associated with armor? The lack of endgame armor generosity is bringing form these affinity suggestions. I mean, you can grind... If the, if the lectern stats were higher, right? If the lectern stats were higher, I could see that. Like, I... I don't know. I To me... To me, did you stutter or did Twitch glitch? Did Twitch actually stutter? That's hilarious. That's that's called serendipity. I I think I think we don't want to ask for both, which is what you're driving at. If you suddenly let me run raids multiple times or you give me directional intentionality towards armor drops and you're also letting me change affinities, you're like, "Okay, Lona, you're taking too much here." Either, right? either give us the ability to really grind for armor intentionally so we can find those god rolls, or d- let us change them when we finally find that diamond in the rough. You, you I, I feel like you're intimating that I'm asking for too much. Maybe. Maybe you're intimating that. I don't know. Like, if I can run the raid multiple times, it's going to be really easy for me to get a god roll stat eventually, and then it's also then easier because I can just change affinities. You're like, oh really we're dealing with with our with affinity suggestions are coming forth because we don't have enough armor generosity people wouldn't necessarily think about affinity if they could just get the armor that they want and have an intentional grind to good stats like if you could just keep getting raid drops eventually you would have good rolls on multiple affinities and you wouldn't even think about affinity changing because armor generosity would be kind of picking up the slack in a, in a way right as you say at the end end game armor generosity is bringing forth affinity suggestions it's just really really tough to get armor drops with good stats so tfunk what is your favorite end game content one man three man or six man do you think destiny should f- shift focus from one man content to three man there the game i feel like the game is in a weird spot in a couple of ways right now i feel like the game is in a, in a in a weird spot number 1 i think there's content uh, I'm sorry, there's quests and there's bounties that drive you to want to be by yourself. So you avoid people. You find a lost sector. You find a farming spot because other people being around is going to slow you down. And I think that needs to change. I think all... I just think any mod you're having should just be uh, shared with the, shared with the party. Like, if you're with the party and they're getting headshots or art kills, everybody's getting it. So you and your buddies just go grab all the bounties and just throw yourself into stuff and you just go do it. So, one man isn't really a thing. It's very, very rare for them to be one man stuff. But I, I cannot imagine, you know, sitting down, if I played this game with my wife, sitting down and playing this game with my wife and, and on, a, on a regular basis being like, no, 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 you go over there, I'm going to go over here. That just feels silly, right? Now, as far as the contrast between three, three man, six man, I think that's a better, a better conversation, right? Um, I think it's a better conversation. So, when when you compare like a three man dungeon to a six man raid, which do I prefer? I think I'm developing a taste for three man activities like the Nightmare Hunts at 980, and then obviously we'll probably strike some Nightfalls eventually. And the reason is 
is because I think there's more opportunity for those like arm and arm synergies. I'm going to do this. You do this. Let's go. Boom. Do it. And then you do it. I think it's a little bit harder to have six people kind of figuring that out. And so I'm always kind of like, uh, raids are high communicative. You're over there. We're over there. You're talking to that guy. I don't need to hear what you're saying. I'm talking to this guy. I love raids, but I think my preference is I'm like, I'm trending toward the three man stuff just because there's, I think there's cooler and more apparent timing and synergies that can start to kind of happen comparing menagerie to lectern yeah i mean that's the thing with the lectern right if you're like really really dutiful if you're really really dutiful and you're grinding the you're grinding the nightmares really really quick with a small team you're gonna get a great turnover rate six man menagerie same deal but there wasn't a lot of thought right there wasn't a whole lot of thought to running Menagerie well. It was like, just just kill everything, right? Stand in this well. So, I think I'm starting to prefer... I like being by myself, doing my thing and talking to chat, just doing the mind the mindless stuff, right? The bounties, the pubs, the lost sectors. But then when I want to go into like actual content, those little three-man things, I think Nightmare Hunts are just really, really fun. Um... And we'll see what the dungeon holds today. We'll see what I think about it. You know, we'll see how it lands. Uh, JP751. Is one more important than the other? Seasonal ornament exclusivity. Take, for example, Iron Banner Season 3 ornaments. Or freedom to retrospectively chase cosmetics and replayability. Man, I don't... I'm having a hard time squaring your question. So which is more important? A seasonal ornament exclusivity. So you can only get Iron Banner Season 3 ornaments. You're saying that's exclusive. Or freedom to chase those cosmetics through replayability. Oh man, I don't know which is more important because I think the danger of doing it like, oh, you can only get it this season. Man, oh man, there's a value there. Game has a one gig update. I got an 889 meg update a little bit ago. Is there a second update? I don't think there 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 is. I think that's probably the one I already got. Um, I think that. I'm good with either one. I see the value of both. If Bungie's like, this is the only time you can get this ornament set in the season pass. If you skip Season of Dawn, you're skipping that ornament set. If you skip this season, you're skipping this. You're not getting it, right? I, I think there's a value to that. I think that makes it feel cool if you're the person that's there. If you're the person that gets it. Like, I think there's value there. I also think there's value in saying there's stuff that you can you can replay and chase any time for that that the ability to chase a cosmetic i don't know if there's a one-size-fits-all answer here i think there's room for both types i i do think it's cool to say uh, you skip season of dawn man it's it's a spring it's a spring season you missed out like you missed it you weren't here and and i know people are like oh that's fomo that's fear of missing out that's a dirty word that's that's business 101 in gaming if you don't buy the dlc you can't do the thing and if you don't do the thing the thing eventually oftentimes ends right if you don't play during festival of the lost then you can't get the things from festival of the lost like that's just like a thing that happens and i don't think they're being like i don't think they're being like abusive about it i don't think they're they're lacing everything with fomo i think there's room for different ways of 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 chasing those cosmetics in the ways that you look uh Eknor. 
I really like the affinity system even with the grind because from your round table a few hours before it may open the door for multiple raid runs with drops and overall increasing loot drops do you think that more loot is a better solution this is something that I think blader was touching on like are people really getting are people getting frustrated are people getting frustrated by affinity or are they getting frustrated by the fact that they hardly ever get drops and the few drops that they get don't seem to be doing what they want they're the wrong affinity oh it's a pretty good stat roll i can use this oh, no i can't frick you know oh it's the right affinity oh the stats suck it's it's all mobility right and i don't i don't really build for mobility you know what i'm saying menacing mommy i missed your 21 month resub and i think i missed affliction 82's 9 month resub sorry about that guys i do think if you're going to give me a choice between re-rolling affinities and loot generosity, I am not going to hesitate. I'm going to hit the button on loot generosity. If they're like, all right, Lono, there are two buttons before you, and one will increase loot generosity in all activities, including the raid, and this button will allow you to change the affinity of armor. Bing! I wouldn't even hesitate. I'd be like, yeah, give us more loot. Give us more loot generosity. I'd hit that. I wouldn't even hesitate. It'd be like on the Family Feud, we're like, it's like the question's not even done being asked yet, and I'm hitting... You know what I'm saying? I'm hitting the one for more loot generosity. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even hesitate. They'd be like, we didn't even say the rest of the offer. We were going to give you a million dollars. No! Like, you know, I, I definitely think loot generosity would be the better. Congrats on the job offer, Formalogic. Uh, KHP, KHRP14. Uh, do you think one option could be one piece of armor is masterworked, all mods can be used on that item? No, because you're eradicating affinity with just simple trans simple transaction of time the entire affinity system you're just eradicating it all you got to do is level the stuff up that's all you got to do um i think that i think that's a mistake i i think the affinity system has its purpose i i think it has its purpose i don't think you want to just suddenly eradicate that and get rid of it so damon gaming what do you think about elemental weapons being treated like exotics? You can only equip two at a time, and it locks you out of the third. This way, primaries can go back in the primary slot, and specials can go into special. I know you want a true elemental primary, but would this make the weapon system less confusing? What? Well, what am I gonna? What are you talking about? So, if I equip a solar hand cannon and a void shotgun, what the frick is my heavy gonna be? They all have elements. Like I don't. I'm. Thank you for two months of subs for my logic. I, I, I don't understand. I, I would just go back to primary, secondary, and heavy. I would just go back to primary, secondary, heavy. And create random elements. Not random rolled, but like give every every gun an element. Like all of a sudden, Warden's Law just always drops his arc. And then you give it perks in line with it being arc. I just go back to that system. It made more sense. It made way more sense. You are going to... Listen, this problem... This problem of elemental primaries mushrooming and getting bigger and bigger and bigger as a weapon pool and there being very, very few kinetic secondaries, like secondaries that go up in the top slot. They're kinetic. They don't have an element like shotguns and sniper rifles or like the arbalist, you know, or the, or the Izanagi's like weapons like that being up in that, that kinetic slot and not having an element 
that they're going to continue to be absolutely dwarfed by the elemental primaries, especially after this raid. There's just more, more and more elemental primaries. Every time we turn around, there's more. The subjunctive, the optative, the the gospel, like all these guns they added this season. It's like more and more and more and more elemental primaries, elemental primaries, more, yay, more. And they're like, what am I going to run as my secondary? And it's like this teeny little pool of kinetic secondaries. I just, I... People are eventually going to have to let go of this flag that they fight me on. They hold on to the flag and they're like, no, Lono, it's good. It's a good system. No, this system is continuing to get get more and more dissonant the further we go. There's just more and more elemental primaries just completely overshadowing your really, really small poultry offering of kinetic kinetic, uh, secondaries. Now, the only potential barrier, right... The only potential barrier right now is guns like the Arbalist and the Izanagis. Like, they don't have an element, and they're kind of just up there hanging out. What do you do with them if you go back to the, you know, the old system? You know, because T-Funk's saying this system's better than the D1 system. I mean, everyone's open to their opinion, but a true return to primary, secondary, and heavy would allow them to do elemental primaries and then elemental perks, giving them more perk diversity, more perk depth, more perk power, more variety, more dynamics in the game. And the weapons themselves, we're not gaining that much by being able to run a kinetic sniper. Like, it just just drop that sniper down in the secondary slot. Like, what the frick? Why does it need to be up there? Now, I know people are like, but I can run double primary and I can run two shotguns or a shotgun and a sniper. Okay, we would... I'm not going to take that away from you. Right? I'm not going to take that away from you. A return to what I'm saying is allowing me to put something up in that primary slot if I want. Let me put the gospel in the primary slot. Let me run a solar hand cannon with a void shotgun and an arc heavy. Like, it's not going to break the game. It, it, it isn't. I don't want to take away your ability to run a shotgun and a sniper at the same time. But I also don't like the fact that we have a huge dissonance in the weapon pool right now. It just is super, super lopsided. Maybe maybe first slot, second slot where you can equip any. Yeah, I think that would be a better option. I don't want to take that from you. I think people hear me saying this and they immediately get defensive. Like, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 Lono. I love running this shotgun with Izanagi's and a machine gun. Like, it works really, really well. Okay, okay, I don't want to take that from you. But I also don't like how we're just continuing to get more and more and more energy primaries and then just the pool of kinetic secondary options to pair with them just is small, you know? It just is small. Uh, thank you, New Pills, for the brand new sub. Enjoy your dope badge and emotes. Enjoy ad-free viewing on my channel. You will never see an ad as a sub. If you guys are sick of seeing ads, I know they got pretty disruptive on Twitch. Uh, if you sub to the channel, when you leave, refresh, come back, start fret. Whenever you come here, you won't see advertisements. Uh, it's a really smooth way to get into the stream every day. Uh, a free way to support me is just to click follow. So if you're enjoying the back and forth, it's like an interactive podcast, uh, be sure to hit follow and come back. I know some of you are probably looking for a place to hang out. Uh, there's been some changes with streamers and stuff lately. This could be your home. We'd be happy to have you. Two months from Monster Dub. Thank you. Cover two. Do you think we are going to get crossplay in Forsaken or going to wait until year four? I mean, well, Forsaken I mean, is, I think you mean Shadowkeep. If we get crossplay, crossplay is nowhere near happening. Um, crossplay is not near happening. I think crossplay is um, 
probably a year out at the least. Mark Noseworthy said that they would like to do crossplay, but I don't think crossplay is 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 any is anywhere near near happening. So Shade Throne, that was not Shade Throne. Don't do that. Don't do that. There's no shade in what I said at all. People are always thirsty and hungry for manufactured drama and shade thrown. You want me to throw shade? I can throw shade like the best of them. That wasn't shade. Uh, Eknor. Sorry, not related to the topic. I did testing with bright dust earning per character. You can get 1,200 dust easy in two to three hours just from weekly. So 3,600 with three characters. Then you add repeatable 50 dust five to ten minute strikes. Do you think this is more than enough of a drop rate? For me, it's more than enough with everything available. Logic just gifted 10 subs of the community. If you guys want to check the chat, I'm not going to read them all. Thank you. And a new one from Rock Dog using their Prime sub. All of you guys get to enjoy those awesome uh, badges. We got 10 new emotes right now, right? 10 new emotes right now, and you get ad-free viewing. So welcome and enjoy those new subs. Um, so th- the Bright Dust earn rate, I think, is unfortunately kind of lost on people. I don't think they realize just how much Bright Dust they can earn just by kind of you know playing doing uh doing weeklies uh doing day doing repeatables um and it's not play flow disrupting it isn't play flow disrupting like every npc has them every npc so shax has got repeatables he's got weeklies he's got dailies the gunsmith has dailies and weeklies uh wait i'm sorry he doesn't have repeatables uh zavala has weeklies dailies repeatables Ikora, Eris Morn, the Lectern Table. Like, there are tons and tons of places for you to get Bright Dust. And everything is going through a filtering process. A lot of the stuff that's available for Silver eventually becomes available for Bright Dust. In 17 minutes, Festival of the Lost is going to start. And according to Cosmo on Reddit, every single new item introduced with with Festival of the Lost, every single item will be available for Bright Dust at some point in the event. So if week one, you see something only available for silver, wait. Everything new, it's got to be new. If it's a repeat item from last Festival of the Lost, I think some of those are going to be silver only. But if it's a brand new item, it'll eventually be available for Bright Dust. You know? Only Vanguard, Crucible, and Gambit? Zavala Shacks only Drifter gives Bright Dust. I thought I got Bright Dust from any weekly or repeatable. So I don't get Bright Dust from weeklies from Eris and Ikora? I thought every weekly gave Bright Dust. Only from Tower Vendors? Eris doesn't give Dust. Oh. Well, and I'm sorry. I gave out bad information. I swore that every weekly, every repeatable. In any case, okay, sorry. I was misinformed. Um, Ikoras do give those things. Okay, so I went too far when I said Eris and the Lectern Table. Okay. So, if they're in the tower, grab the weeklies, grab the repeatables, and do them. Like, they're in virtually every funnel of the game, except for Eris Morn and the Lectern. That's it. Like, that's... Those two are not included. Okay, fine. Still, still, you you can still get a pretty good earn rate of Bright Dust that's not play flow disrupting. Do you remember how we had to get enhancement cores? Do you remember? Zer streams with two months. Love your debates. Thank you. Do you remember? Sinner Sunday with three months. Welcome back. Anytime 
anytime you wanted enhancement cores, you had to go to Spider and you had to grind the Tangled Shore. Then you had to buy the wanted bounties. Then you had to do the wanted bounties. That's play flow disrupting. If you want that currency, you got to go and do those specific things. Right now, if you want Bright Dust, you can be doing strikes. You can be doing crucible you can be doing vex offensive okay if you go to the moon and you do eris morn stuff or if you do lecter and stuff or nightmare hunt stuff okay fair point you don't get bright dust in those lanes but i don't know according to this person here eknor is saying 1200 in a in a couple of hours you know you get the 3600 across your three characters again i'm always going to come back to this i'm always going to come back to the fact that the eververse isn't really called the Eververse anymore. It's called the store. If you look on the director, it's a store. And its purpose and its aim and its mission is to sell cosmetics. So the fact that they let you earn dust to buy some of those periodically is more than what a, most people do with their cosmetic stores. A lot of cosmetic stores literally never give you an option to earn any of it. So a store that store's purpose is to generate revenue. That's it. That's the point of it. So, uh, Shad Berserker. Champions are in the raid. What happens when the artifact disappears along with the anti-barrier and champion mods? Do these mods go into the general loot pool? We actually had a really good observation about, uh, from Victor about how the new exotics have them intrinsic to their... So, I don't think these champion types are going to go away. I also don't think the mods themselves are going to go away. They might rotate on other weapon types and take a different to take a different appearance. Like all of a sudden, anti barrier isn't on hand cannons and auto rifles, and you have to use scouts and pulses in a really specific way or something. I don't know. Um, I would I would say that when it comes to when it comes to the champions, I think that as a pain point is going to persist beyond shadow keep because they just created three exotics that have unstoppable anti-barrier and disruption built into them. That would be really weird to just completely invalidate them a season later. Or invalidate one of their intrinsic perks. Skull King. For affinity on exotics, could they bring back glass needles? Well, we yeah, we already talked about re-rolling them or being able to change them once for a high cost. I don't know if glass needles is the solution anymore. Ashen Hollow. Should exotics even have affinities? Low drop rates combined with a chance to have cruddy stats, half of which are worthless. Um, I don't think if you, I don't think you want to grate against the system. I think you just want to work within it, right? I don't think you want to grate against the system. You want to work within it. So that's why I said, oh, just let us change it once we take it to level ten. Just you know, let us let us change it one time or whatever. I want to work within the system, not completely grate against it, because I think that causes confusion. Well, wait a minute. This exotic doesn't have affinity. I can run anything on it. I don't understand. So if I run these exotic gauntlets, I can run this perk, but I can't run it on these gauntlets. Why? Oh, affinity. Oh, well, that's weird. Oh, exotics don't have affinity. I just think work within the system. Don't start creating exceptions to the rules. Work within them. Bend the rules to be more favorable to the player's intentionality and volition rather than like yanking things out of the system would be would be my my advice to Bungie. Uh, McQuell. Do you think masterworking armor is worthwhile if potential builds would be left behind next season? Masterworking your armor doesn't necessarily change your build. Because if they add new mods and new things next season, you can re-slot mods. If you get a god roll, you know, armor run, and you get everything kind of set how you want with intellect, discipline, strength, etc. Well, then 
you're not gonna suddenly not want those things next season just because there's new mods and you're not using maybe you're not using the oppressive darkness grenade maybe there's a new grenade maybe there's something with solar maybe there's something with arc I don't know that doesn't necessarily mean that your entire armor set's not worth it and it's all masterworked for pointless I don't think they're gonna do that I, I, I don't think they're gonna completely undercut all of your investment so uh, arson at dawn what about exotic armor having a rainbow affinity yeah somebody said that earlier I would again say rather than create exceptions to the rules try to work within them I think is a better piece of advice um, again if you're new and you're enjoying the talks maybe you're coming back around you haven't been here in a while maybe you're giving me a second chance maybe you've never been here before if you enjoy the interactive podcast style we're going to answer the questions once reset hits we're going to check out all the stuff we're going to check out the dungeon we're going to check out Festival of Lost if you're enjoying this remember to click the follow button that's a free way to support what I do and not miss out on content I do stream every day it's family friendly and it's like something you can listen to in the background we do a lot of conversations uh, we will change the music after Q&A too we typically run like 80 synthwave and of the the elevator music that is right now not going to get copyright uh, muted that's why i use it jim jam what exotics do you think need a nerf or a buff this is too generic i'm not going to go through and, and list everyone that i think needs help i think in general my exotics need help video that went live today pretty much summed it up from big picture i don't want to get down into like the specifics of saying like oh this thing here is is bad or this thing here is too strong um i think some of the 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 easy ones would be like yeah like taraba um one-eyed mass needs addressed and then there's just there's a ridiculous amount of exotics that just nobody pays any attention to whether they're armor or guns that you know might need some help and I love what Victor brought to the table today as a suggestion that, well, the three new exotics have have disruption and anti-barrier and unstoppable intrinsic to them. What if they just did a pass on all the exotics and gave them all intrinsic things like that, and then they suddenly start to come to fruition and are useful in hard content like 980 Nightfalls, 980 Nightmare Hunts, you know, things like that. Hawk and Rain, uh, would having true elemental primaries have an effect on the new armor affinities where you would have two arcane cannons but only have a void hand cannon affinity like I think you're misunderstanding what I'm suggesting the affinity on armor has nothing to do with the guns themselves right now if you have void on your gauntlets and you run hand cannon reloader it doesn't matter if you run a arc solar or void hand cannon the hand cannon itself would just have an element on it that's already a thing you can do there is no restriction there so that's not that's not a that wouldn't be a potential problem. Viking Frisbee, do you think Bungie should add dungeon challenges for Pinnacle Gear? Uh, I don't really have a strong opinion on this. We haven't even played the dungeon yet. Uh, the 3 a.m. Taco. What would you think of dual elemental affinities? After fully master working a piece of armor, we attune it with completing activities with the correlating subclass and get kills with a desired elemental affinity. Could be a happy medium. I mean it kind of feels like you're you're making a slight adjustment to what I'm suggesting which would allow me to like level it up to 10 invest in the gear and then pick the affinity you're saying I want to keep arc but add void um I don't necessarily have a problem with that but I don't necessarily know if that's the needed solution that feels I don't know that feels 
that feels really involved. That feels potentially un... I don't know. That feels broken a little bit, maybe. I don't know. I think one element per piece just makes sense. Again, don't make exceptions to, to the rules. Work within them is what I'm trying to do. This feels like you're trying to sneak in an exception to the rule like, oh, but with enough time, you can have both Ark and Void or both Solar and Void. I, I think that, that you're trying to you're trying to sneak past the... Uh, the goalie here you're uh, uh, past the guard I, I think working within it is better than is better than you know breaking breaking the existing rules uh miss misserath uh zc do you think that the skill trees need an overhaul a bit more flexible yeah i said that armor 2.0 was step one step two is a treatment of weapons after weapons weapons get a treatment and then there's like a weapon armor 2.0 synergy that's more apparent i think then you could go to do things with the uh, the subclasses, uh, Captain SRAS. What if Masterwork Armor gained a second affinity? Somebody just asked that. What about mods that give elements for kinetic weapons? They had element mods in year one. You trade off that for your weapon. Do you think backup magnet? Yeah. The only thing here is, man, I like this, but I don't know if anybody would ever run anything but an element. But I do like the idea of taking the element off and needing to run anti-barrier or taking the element off and needing to run unstoppable. I like that trade element. I like that. I'm wondering... I'd have to really think about that more because a lot of the mods are worthless. Not a lot of people are running the mods anymore because they're just running either um, either minor spec to make their to make their trash ad killer slightly stronger to make up for the fact that maybe they're running demolitionist instead of rampage. So they're making that up with minor spec. Or... Or you're just running whatever you always did, you know, rampage spec. Eh, you don't need, really need rampage spec. I mean, you do, but you don't. Uh, people would probably just pivot to switching between an element or switching between an artifact mod. Is that a better system? I'd have to think about that a little bit more. I don't have a fleshed out thought process on this yet. Initially, I would say that might be a decent compromise to me. I'd rather just have true elements on all guns. It wouldn't break the content. It wouldn't trivialize the content. People people significantly overstate the power of an elemental primary. All you're doing is popping shields. It would just give you the ability to have all three, and then they could tweak things. They could tweak things like Match Game and Prism to interact with that. Rainbow Burn could come back. There's other things they could do with the modifiers to interplay with a system where people can run all three elements on their guns, um, and that could be uh, pretty good. So... Apparently the patch notes are up, so perfect timing. We've got five minutes. I'm going to cut Q&A here. We're going to read through the patch notes and dive into the update and dive into the new stuff in the dungeon and everything. So don't go anywhere here. If you're here live, stick around and click the follow button. If you're listening on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always follow me or find me at saynotorage.com. As always, please like, share, and subscribe.